find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to the Masterclass in Manchester United Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Haydar Obani. Rob, we've just seen Manchester United with a very, very lacklustre performance. Very sloppy, very disappointing. Didn't really get out of second gear. You saw the, what the team could do last week, and we're going to talk about why they could do that. And you saw what happened this week. Manchester United drew 1-1. To be honest, Rob, we've come out of that. I've come out of that thinking, thank God we've got the point, but we didn't deserve much more than that. So welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the second episode of this series. And uh, are you just as frustrated as I am today? Of course. I think every Manchester United fan, 100%, should feel that disappointment. Um, I think when you look at the performance today, United played football for about 15 minutes of the 90. So that's not good enough, first and foremost. Secondly, you know, I've talked before about, we'll get into this a little bit deeper, but when we talked about Mourinho in year three, we talked about progression from year one to two to three. So this year, there is no get out clause for Ole. When these games happen, there's no, this is a development project anymore. It's, you can't. You have to win games when you play badly. But when you only play 15 minutes of football in a game that you play badly, you're probably not going to get the three points. And like you just cited there, one point was probably about right. But if you have aspirations to win the title, you have to do more. So there was one or two very specific areas today that we're going to kind of break down. And so we are, we're a tactical podcast. We're not, we're not kind of, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low, but we want to explain why, what, what we just saw happened. And there's some very kind of core specifics but this shows that Manchester United's depth is still not correct. And we've kind of said this before the start of the season. We said that they're kind of about base level. If everyone's fit, then you are probably okay if you can keep players on the football pitch. Today, um, McTominay couldn't start. He had an injury from the last match, and you could see that in the Leeds game. But you can also see it, obviously, today. That's why he didn't start the game. And you have to start the game then with someone like Matic. So... The issue today came from midfield. United didn't really have lots of options. Of course, there'll be loads of people who talk about Donny van der Beek and saying, yeah, why did you not play Donny? Well, again, I don't think Donny solves the issue of what United had today. The issue, obviously, moving the ball and spacing. So we're going to talk about that quite a lot in depth today. I mean, there's a comment here saying, you know, we got too high last week. You've got to enjoy the wins. That's that's the key. You've got to enjoy the wins. We won 5-1. We played fantastic last week. I don't think we got too high. But also, I think important today is to not get too low. But there are serious deficiencies, Rob. And I think the biggest deficiency for me today is that you take McTominay out of this team and, you know, that midfield is non-existent. And I think you have to talk about Nemanja Matic today. And, you know, fans often talk about we need the defensive midfielder, we need this, we need that. Well, Nemanja Matic, yes, his legs might have been gone, is that archetypal defensive midfielder. And you saw today, that's not what we need. We don't need someone who sits there and screens. We need someone who can carry the ball, someone that's aggressive, someone that covers the ground, someone that breaks up plays, someone that drives forward. 
McTominay's not a well beater, but that's what McTominay does. So I hope this whole, we need someone that sits there in defence midfielder, that whole idea and that illusion needs to stop because that's what this Manchester team in the 4-2-3-1 needs. A hundred percent. And I think this is why, you know, when I've talked about us not needing a kind of archetypal defensive midfielder and the whole of Twitter obviously gets very upset about that. Manchester United fans do not like it because they believe that that's the issue. Fundamentally today, you saw that Manchester United do not play well with a defensive midfielder. And I mean a functional one, someone who actually thinks my job is to, sc- is to screen, is to sit in a little bit more, to kind of occupy spaces that defensive midfielders occupy. And today you saw that by doing that, Manchester United couldn't play football. So one position being kind of slightly skewed and, you know, maybe the, the little get out for Ole is that, you know, McTominay couldn't play today because he came on later on, but he wasn't fit to start, is that you need energy in the double pivot. If you have energy in the double pivot, you can move the ball from A to B to C. Now, it happened once today in the whole game, in that 90 minutes, I said United played well for 15 minutes, but it came when we scored and it came because Fred and McTominay get the ball off the defence. Oh, sorry, not McTominay, Fred and Matic get the ball off the defence and it goes from A to B to C in three seconds. Yeah, and you're up the pitch, and then you can hurt the opponent. It's the only time it happened today. The rest of the time, Matic was too deep. When uh, when Maguire had the ball, Matic was kind of just sat on a marker, so he's kind of out the game. You know, someone there's a Southampton player one yard from him, so he's not an out ball. Then Fred's kind of being a bit more of a wasp character, trying to find the space, but then he's on his own. So he's getting the ball in bad areas. Therefore, he can't move the ball on quick enough. And that's why the double pivot works in tandem. We talk about it all the time, don't we? One sits, one goes, they go wider, they create the space. Football is about spacing, especially in a 4-2-3-1. And what United didn't do today was they didn't create the space between the defence and the midfield. The problem there was Matic. Matic does not have the engine to do it. He doesn't have the inclination to do it. He's never done it, to be fair, in his whole career. He's a defensive midfielder that sits deep and plugs holes. But then you're asking him to go and do Scott McTominay's job with, with all that energy and bluster and maybe some kind of more aggression. He tried. But you saw how badly that affected the whole of Manchester United's philosophy and DNA. And it's as basic as that. And that's what, when I saw the, the lineup today, I thought United are going to try some 4 3 3 at times. You can see it. Pogba's going to come out of that left role and come more narrow because they want to kind of get him on the ball in, in the, uh, inside the channel rather than outside. And they're going to kind of flirt with that. And it did in the first half. It didn't work at all. It was just rubbish. You know, that 4-3-3 shape. They went back to 4-2-3-1 for 10 minutes, back to 4-3-3 for five minutes, back to 4-2-3-1. And you're just kind of thinking, don't, don't push it. Just do what you're good at. You know, get the ball down on the deck. And that whole kind of wafiness really kind of affected United through the whole game. And it was only really when they kind of got the goal and they had maybe that 10-minute spell where they looked confident again that it looked like a game of football. But I think for the rest of the time, it just looked like, I don't know, just a team that has way too much dysfunction still at its heart when you just change one position. And that's a big problem for Ole because... You can change all the other positions till you're blue in the face. But if you like just move one player out like McTominay, who you might not say is your most important player, it shows today how important that double pivot and how important McFred have become to this Manchester United side. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, look, there's a lot of 
questions about Donny van der Beek, so we will touch on Donny van der Beek today. But Rob, I'm just having a look at Fred's statistics here. And we talk about when you play in that double pivot, you talk we talk about functionality, we talk about keeping yeah. it simple. Fred's passing accuracy was 75% today. That is just not good enough in that position. He gave the ball away way too many times. For me, there was two issues. One, you mentioned already, but Matic was static or is static. Yeah. He can't cover the ground. And Fred's passing wasn't good enough. Yeah. At the heart of your team, if you can't get those basics correct, you're going to get overrun. And, and that's the problem. I think Maguire and Lindelof actually were impacted today. Maguire had a poor game today, but they were impacted because what was happening was that there was no out balls. You know, the defence was exposed all game, especially in that first half. What can Oli actually do then? If let's, Could he have brought Donny van der Beek on? I mean, I suggested at halftime, you know, Fred was having a shocker, at least with van der Beek. Maybe you'll lose some of the, the functionality, but at least you might get a bit more of the ball retention. You would be able to hold on to the ball for longer than, you know, two or three passes. I think it's a lesser of two evils. So in that situation, like we know that Fred's passing is not the greatest in the world. He can pass the ball, but only when space is created for him to pass the ball. So today he's trying to find space because there's nothing really happening around him. His partner isn't moving wider for him. There were at times where they were so far apart that it didn't even look like a double pivot. It looked like a 4-3-3, three, three, and it wasn't. They just they were just both deep, but way too wide. And then that there's no ball, there's no out ball. So <laughs> you're getting Maguire, who you rightfully said had a bad game today for, for his standard, but he had nothing to do. He couldn't drive the ball because there, there was no space for him. He wasn't getting the ball to the double pivot because they weren't moving. Then when Fred was getting the ball and moving it on, he was then having to play kind of the kind of industrial passes that you don't want a player like him to pass. You don't want him playing, you know, you know, uh, drifting 40-yard balls. You want things that are simple. Make football simple. That's how you get up the pitch quickly. But that wasn't there today. And this is going to be a problem for Ole. Like Ole now has to kind of go away. And the thing is, the, the transfer window is open for another two weeks. It doesn't mean that Manchester United are going to go and do business now in the next seven or ten days because of today's performance. But you are really caught between a rock and a hard place because I also don't think that Donny van der Beek solves that problem today. I don't think Donny's the, Donny's the guy who's going to come and be the spacing guy off the back of the, the back four. That's not his game either. And he's not a, a world-class passer of the ball either. People say he's technical. I wouldn't say he's technical too. I think he's a kind of, he's a good all-round midfielder. But then you kind of look at the options and could Ole have changed it earlier? I would have liked to have seen him address that double pivot at half time. Really, really good. I, look, I know that Scott, could only do a, a kind of cameo today, but I'd have been like, I need you out there, boy. Go out there, give me 45 minutes, run yourself in the ground and go and, and do your job. he would have done it, Rob. That's the point. Yeah, That's he would have done, he, he would have done it because he he's actually one of these players that kind of plays through injury quite nicely. He actually carries injuries and, and keeps his standards and all of these things. Now, only Ole knows how fit he was, but of course you want to kind of take him out of firing line if he's injured and he was definitely injured in that Leeds game. So no issues there. But, I think with 45 minutes there at that point where you're losing 1-0, I think Ole was patient. We did score the goal, so he'll feel justified. But he brought um, Jaden on with, I think, 35 minutes to go. And I'd said before the game, I'd like to see him given half an hour today. We didn't give him one decent ball. The boy, boy didn't get one ball in the channel. They didn't, they didn't double up correctly. They didn't give him him the space. And again, that comes from much further back in the pitch. People think it's Wambasaka overlapping, and I say no. That comes from your, your centre backs. Your centre backs being able to find the out ball, and you go one, two, three, A, B, C, and you're in. And United couldn't do that. 
Various other reasons for that. You know, Anthony Martial had a, a struggling game, but again, no service well, for him. Rob, let's talk about that. Let's break Let's yeah. break two players down because there are questions. So there's a question from Tom here saying, you know, thoughts on Sancho when he came on. I know we've touched on it. I get it's only his first game or two. He's getting his fitness up. But for your star sign, you're expecting a bit more to take the game by the scruff of the net and create things. And this is, this is something I want to address because I think the problem at the moment, Rob, is that a lot of fans are expecting Sancho to come in because he's a big signing to just suddenly just, you know, hit the ground running and be absolutely fantastic. I think the biggest thing for me is that we got to ease him in, but you got to give him service. And he wasn't getting he, any service today. And, and he also has to... what, One pass, Rob, was one when Shaw played the first time round and Sancho did get some space, you know, on the on the box. And he played a nice little ball. I can't remember who it's to. I think it might have been to Bruno. Bruno crossed it in. Mason went for the header. United nearly yeah. scored. But apart yeah. from that, what, what do you want your forward players to do? You can't do anything if... <laughs> the supply isn't coming from behind you. Correct. And and the supply starts at centre-back. And I've tried to say this on the show many times about how do you facilitate through the centre of the pitch but get the ball into the danger areas. Now, one of the things I said with the Leeds game was that because the double pivot and the centre-backs were so efficient in terms of how they were getting the ball out from the back, and that was the issue today, you saw that in that game, United were allowed to play with freedom in the front line. So the front four, whoever they might have been at that any point, could go and play with freedom because they were just taking on the defenders. And that's how attackers want to play. Now, Jaden Sancho didn't have that today because that ball wasn't there. That ball wasn't coming. You saw that Paul Pogba struggled because when he was playing to the left-hand side of the 4-2-3-1, he was getting no service. So what was happening? He was coming deeper for the ball. So when he comes deeper and turns and then looks forward, what's he got? Martial in the channel but that's a hard ball to play you can't play a 40 yard ball to feet through the channel accurately x amount of times out of 10 you might play it once or twice out of 10 because it's such a difficult pass but Pogba's looking at that and going well, I don't want to make that pass so I'll switch I'll go cross field I might carry it a little bit forward but he needs help around him so the dysfunction comes from the double pivot. The issue is Matic. It shows that with in those games that someone like Martial can have no impact. And I think this was the issue last year as well, that when Martial was having bad games, yes, he has to carry the responsibility of his own form. There's no doubt about it. But what can you do when you are the number nine and the su supply line is dry? Absolutely 100% dry. You saw today how hard it was for Bruno Fernandes. So Bruno's kind of playing, as I said earlier on, United played 4-2-3-1 and 4-3-3, and they switched it a few times. When it was 4-3-3, Bruno was too deep, useless, nothing, couldn't help the game, couldn't get the ball on, couldn't move it ahead. When it was 4-2-3-1, he was leading the press. Now, United looked more comfortable in that system of Martial sitting, Bruno leading the press. United shape then naturally moves forward together. But even then, when they were getting the ball back, you know, or intercepting, what were they doing with it? It was too slow. It was, it was coming to Matic. Matic kind of like a robot, spins round, sees Lindelof, gives it back gave, to Lindelof. Gave the ball away so much today, Matic. Lind Lind yeah, Lindelof then kind of bounces forward, six yards with the ball, stops, looks to the left, gives it to Harry. Harry gets the ball, looks up, has got no one to pass it to. What happens? He has to go back to De Gea or try something trickier and, and loses the ball. Exactly. And nearly scored, yeah. And and this is all about conducting the band. Yeah, you've got when you're out on that pitch, it's about leadership. In those moments when things are not going right, it's how do you fix it? So I'm not happy that Ole didn't switch it at half time, but that's his choice. And as I said, he will say he didn't switch it. 
and United scored and he feels good about that. But I think after that period where you go into say the last 15, 20 minutes of the game and you're then up to kind of, well, how do I win this match? What do I do? It didn't work for me. You know, the, the kind of little changes that he did, the, the positional changes didn't work. I think Sancho could have been exploited more. You could have got him one-on-one more with, with say, the left-hand side of the... Um, of uh, Southampton's defence. He played on the left, he played on the right, kind of tried to do a little bit of both. You could have pushed Pogba higher up, you know, so he's sitting more in that channel with his back to goal. You saw the best parts of the game were all about Paul Pogba today, weren't they? So the the assist from him comes from him playing a little kind of dancing, run into the the box. was sublime, but easy. You know, Paul Pogba can do this stuff with his eyes closed, but you've got to help him. Yeah, Paul Pogba needs help. So once he's in the box, he plays that little that little uh, pass off to uh, to Mason, and Mason obviously not the cleanest strike, but it goes in the net, and that's all that matters. But United didn't do a lot of that today, did they? There wasn't a lot of that kind of trying to be inventive and help each other. And I think that was the, the sad thing for me is that with ten minutes to go, it didn't look like United were going to win this game. Didn't it looked like United? They weren't settling for the point, but they also just didn't have the extra gear. They didn't have the inclination. They didn't have the trust. So I think there was one point I saw this where Bruno gets the ball and he looks inside, and the inside ball is Matic. Matic just kind of pushed forward a little bit, and he looks at Matic, and he just goes, "Not doing that. Going this way." And there was another time later on, I think later in the game, where Bruno gets the ball in the center. And there's like a hundred yards wide on the right, and Wambasaka's running, and Bruno looks up and goes, "I'm going to try and find Paul Pogba on the left instead. He's got six men around him." So you can see the trust factor there is still a problem. You know, like you want Bruno just to play that ball to Aaron Wambasaka and say, "Run onto it, get me across in the box." But you saw how ineffective the fullbacks were today. I think Luke Shaw played well at times, but Aaron, you know, didn't really give much in terms of attacking width. It's a problem. And these things have to be worked on now between game to game to game. So obviously we've got the international break coming up now, haven't we? Two two more games, I think. So, so, so after that. Before. So it, within this period of five or six or seven games, these little kind of pre-season snagging, which is what I kind of feel it is, Ole needs to work on. But the issues that we see in are dating back to last year. So that's a, that's difficult because Ole's still working with the same players who are giving him the same problems. Do you solve that by going buying a midfielder who can be a little bit more of a box-to-box? Everyone saw how good Basuma was yesterday. No, was about to say, so you can you can go and get yourself a Basuma, and Basuma's got more energy, and Basuma's kind of much more up and down the park. But if you are going to play 4-2-3-1, you need players that fit it. McTominay and Fred do fit it, even though people don't like them. But if one of them is injured, then you're in trouble. And we saw that today. You know, McTominay was injured and Manchester United's whole system, whole philosophy collapsed. And that's the worrying thing, Rob. Yeah. You look around the other areas of the pitch, you think there's real quality there. There's there's depth. There is no depth in midfield. And everyone knows this. Everyone, every single Manchester United knows we need something midfield. But I think what we said earlier on in the in the show is we don't need an archetypal defense midfielder, which is what Matic no. is. We need someone that can do more, that can get forward. And they don't exist. They don't exist. They don't, like you can go and buy Ndidi, but Ndidi would cause you the same problems today that you would that you had from Matic. He'd positionally too short. He can't pass the ball. He can't progress the ball. He's not actually that energetic. He just does well in that Leicester system to being someone who, who goes and be a destroyer in front of the back four or the back three, depending on how they're playing. So United don't need a destroyer in there. You need 
footballers. I've always said this. So it's about finding a midfielder that can be more of a box-to-box entity. But just it's energy. You start with the energy. That's where you do it. And that's why Liverpool have been so successful over the years, is that they had the energy right at the heart of the team. I think you United know, yet- Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, so much energy, Correct. so much industry. And there's good ball-playing ability in there. They're not all, not, not one of them is like, you know, someone that's going to go and get you loads of goals a season. But that they don't need that because the rest of the players, the fullbacks and the forward line did that for you. And- but they create the energy and the platform. And when you kind of uh, 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 kind of uh, announce that to Manchester United's uh, starting eleven, when you've got Fred McTominay in there, like you just said, there, Fred's passing today was terrible in terms of his completion. Seventy-five percent is not the worst in the world, but the twenty-five percent that he gave away would normally be where McTominay was closer to him, and he'd be able to give the ball to him six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards. Instead, he was turning and trying to play Paul Pogba passes into the front line. And you're thinking, I don't want Fred doing that. That's not what he's good at. I want to see that ball progress a lot more naturally from the back four into the midfield. It's frustrating. But the problem is, is that you cannot solve it with the same players if you're doing the same things. And I think this may be where like Ole trusts his players and Ole wants United to kind of find their form naturally through a process of, of mistakes and success. But in this kind of game today, you've got to kind of maybe have a plan B. You've got to maybe kind of find a way to switch the formation that hurts the opponent. I never felt today when United were switching formations that they gave Southampton a lot of trouble. Southampton play a very narrow style. It's what Hassan Hootel's done since he's come to England. And what they do really, really good is it's high energy. They will meet you. They don't press you massively hard, but they'll stop you progressing the ball. They did that today. United had no answers. So you draw the game one all. It probably is a good result at the end of the day. But it's not a good result if you want to win the title. Man City played Watford yesterday and showed what Norwich. you do when you want. When, sorry, Norwich. They played Norwich. Yeah, sorry. Two teams in yellow. Uh, but you play, you, you play a team like Norwich. Yes, you're at home. But what you do is you just go and beat them up. Beat them up because they're not good enough. They're not on your wavelength. Southampton are nowhere near as good as Man United player for player and it's not about tactics in that moment it's about players being able to play football in certain areas but you saw today how it failed in the pivot it worked once and during that one moment man united scored and that was probably the best moment of the game after that as i said 15 20 minutes of decent football which means you got a good 70 odd minutes of mediocre football yeah, something I do want to add, Rob, and I want to address Donny because there's a lot of questions about Van der Beek, but something yeah. I do want to actually add to that as well is that same things that happened last season where when five, six, seven players have off days, this ha- and you can't win titles doing that. You, can't, you know, when they have the key players in key positions are not playing to the level they should be, it happens too often for Manchester United. So it's, it's a little bit frustrating, but I do want to address sort of Donny Van der Beek. So there's a comment mm-hmm. here saying, same issues as last season, prompted by Oli's familiar team selections. Van Beek has to start today. Feel from, feels like the beginning of the end for him. Feels sorry for him. And then there's a question here saying, no. what has uh, Donny got to do to get some game time? Was brilliant in the Everton game in preseason. Seems to be far down the pecking order again. I would have given him a game today, Rob. At halftime, I would have taken Fred off for Donny. Um, you know, Fred was having an absolute shocker. I think, I know you tweeted that you think it was a bit risky. It wasn't wasn't the game to actually you know do something like this to take that right. risk but I, I think United should have taken the risk today personally I think Oli should have taken the risk and I don't think it's as big a risk we're not talking about Donny van der Beek from beginning of last season we're talk, talking about Donny van der Beek this season I know he hasn't played it's a small sample size we have seen he's bulked up we have seen he understands the position better I would have had him 
on at least coming on at half time today and I would have played him and I think you know it, it, it possibly could make a, made a difference it possibly couldn't have but I think Oli had to take that risk and make the change to be honest with you I, I, I agree that you have to take risks in football matches no doubt about it it's a sport and you've got to take a risk to progress especially when you're in a, a losing position so United were obviously losing at that point I think that you've also got to rely on the fact still that this manager knows his players better than me, better than you, better than anyone. He knows them back to front. So he's got a better idea than any football fan about what he needs at that moment of time. Now, I would have liked to have seen a progressive switch, but I tweeted out as well around half time that it's almost a little bit like blocked arteries, United. So when you're in that situation, the ball's not moving. It's almost like all the arteries leading to the heart, heart are completely blocked. And you've got to say to yourself, right, how do you open these arteries up? How do you get the ball moving? How do you find the space? I'm not convinced in that scenario, like United were, say, from minute 25 to 45, that I'm sat there thinking Donny van der Beek's the answer to that. That's not what he does. You know, he we know that he looked better in pre-season, so he's looked like he's bulked up. He was definitely more mobile than we saw last season. But if you say, make your change at 1-0 and you bring on Dunny Van de Beek and you lose 3-0, there's a problem there, right? So we're then having even a, a more harder conversation than what we're having today after this game. So it's not that it's a case of trust with Donny Van de Beek. It's about the right moment. It's about finding the right game to get him in, on a pit football pitch. So most people said to me before the game, I want Jadon Sancho to start. I get why people want that. Most people said, I want Varane to start. I get why people say that. Wouldn't have started but, Varane. I wouldn't have started Sancho though. But no, I, I wouldn't have started either of them because they're not ready. You know, he said, Ole said in his presser, Jaden Sancho is not ready to start the game. He's physically not fit enough yet. He's nearly there, but he's not ready yet. So he got 35 minutes today. That's exactly what the sports science reports would have been telling him. So he has to go with it. You know, he can't make those bits up and go, do you know what, lads? You know, my doctors are telling me that he's not ready to do 90 minutes, but I'm only going to Solskjaer. I'm just going to start him. It doesn't work like that. That's not how football clubs operate. So I think Jaden will obviously start games going forward now once his fitness is corrected. I think Varane will be in a team. You saw today as well that in that kind of um, quandary of mistakes and errors where um, Harry Maguire was kind of not being able to pro progress the ball, that the Lindelof thing was a problem. So they're kind of together. They're there like this. And Lindelof's kind of asking for the ball. So he gives it to him and it goes back. But they're not getting up the pitch. And that out ball was gone because obviously the midfield we've talked about. Will Varane help that? Now, I think he will. Because I think Varane can also travel with the ball. And he's 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 physically a bit quicker. He's a bit stronger. He's played in progressive systems his whole career. So he can do a little bit of the defending and covering and saying to Harry, you've now got the ball, so go and I'll look after the back line. And you can't do that with Lindelof, can you? You can't do that because Lindelof can't, can't screen behind. So I looked at that and I think to myself, right, in the weeks ahead, that could be a potential like uptick for United is that you have those two centre-backs, then it might help the double pivot move the ball a bit quicker because they're just naturally pulling it apart a little bit more. So that's a little bit of blue sky thinking, but that's also a bit of logic. And I, I think it's hard for Ole. I think in this kind of game situation where we're talking about one player and that is McTominay and how do you replicate all of the stats that McTominay gives you to allow you to play football? Now, when you look at it on paper, Leeds are probably a slightly better team than Southampton. They've got more weapons. They're more progressive. They've got a manager who kind of plays much more in front foot style. That helps you. You can then play in between the press. 
Southampton, much more rigid. So I think today, United, it was about saying, right, I'm going to have to sacrifice Matic. I might play Fred in there. I might give, say, McTominay the second half. And then I'm going to go back to what we did well last week. Yeah, so we did that really well last week against Leeds. So let's do that for 45 minutes. Ole didn't do that. Now, he only knows how fit McTominay is. That's his choice. Um, I don't believe that Donny van der Beek... Just because, see, the thing is, it's a swiping thing, isn't it? That United fans go, that didn't work, so you should have just done that. It doesn't work like no, that, I, unfortunately. Do, I do understand that. I understand your points, Rob. But I think also in that situation, if you didn't think that Scott McTominay was... Because if Scott McTominay was fit enough to play more than 45 minutes, he would have played more than 45 minutes. Of course he would have. And you looked at that bench. I'm sorry. It was it was obvious to anyone watching that midfield wasn't working. Two left footers mm-hmm. as well, which is a problem. There was so there was a catalogue of problems. At that point, you have to look at your bench. So it, it suggests to me this, Rob. And then, look, I don't think that Oli still trusts Van der Beek to play in that position mm-hmm. in an important game. And that's the issue there. I don't think it's an issue of Donny's ability. I think it's the issue yep. of, does your manager have your trust? If your manager doesn't have your trust and he's bringing on a half-fit um, Scott McTominay, whether you think that's a right or wrong decision, that's an issue in itself. Because then yeah. if McTominay or Fred get injured and you're playing Matic, there's a big problem there. You might as well go and get Jimmy Garner to come back if you're not going to buy a sign. Seriously, because United are lacking. Yeah. Or do you drop Pogba back? There's a question here from Tom saying, should you put Pogba back? I, I think this is Tom, my mate, Tom. We talked about this at half time, and I said, no, don't drop him back because he's so mm-hmm. dangerous doing what he does well going further forward. But that's your other option then. Then you have the yeah. same problems of Pogba deep where he's going to maybe give the ball away, hold on to yeah. it too long, lapses of concentration, giving away penalties in the box. This is a serious problem that could arise should McTominay or Fred get injured. Yeah, it's about tactical replication. And what I mean by that is if you have a system that works and you feel comfortable with it and you train the whole of the team in that system week to week to week, and that definitely happens at United. We know that they like 4-2-3-1. They're trying to do a variation with 4-3-3. They're trying to play Pogba higher up the pitch. They've now got Jadon Sancho on the right-hand side. They can do different things. If you want to replicate a like-for-like situation with a player, so McTominay's injured today, you look at what you got and you say, which player can replicate that tactically best? Who have I got? What have I got in the team? And obviously, physically, the right player there is probably Matic. But what you give away with that is that Matic doesn't have the energy and Matic starts 10 yards further towards the defence. So that skews things. So you have to then find tactical answers to that. And that's what United didn't do today. Yeah, or change so, the system, so yeah. I don't look at Donny and say, if I'm thinking about tactical replication and I'm thinking about Scott McTominay, I'm not thinking, hmm, Donny van der Beek's my guy. It's, it's just rubbish. It's not right. So like you said there, you can change the system. Now, I think if United had played 4-3-3 today and got stuffed, or play a 4-4-2 diamond and got stuffed, we would all be sat here now going, why did Ole do that? He didn't need to do that. He could have played 4-2-3-1 and been a little bit more conservative, but then got the ball quicker out from the back to the front. United didn't get the ball out from the back to the front. Now, I'm telling you this, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would have been telling those players, get that ball out back from back to front quicker. A, B to C. So it's not a coach, that's not the coach saying, don't do something and it not working. What happened was that those players are on the pitch. Ole has, to, yeah, Ole has to decide about whether Nemanja Matic is now a problem going forward. So, like, do we get six months into the campaign and he thinks, I can no longer play this player? We kind of felt that last year, didn't we? Matic started well. He, he ended the season well the previous year. But it got to a point where you could feel Ole had hit a brick wall with him and he wasn't playing him at all. And it's kind of a little bit like the Wan Matter situation. You know, when you bring Wan Matter in, does he work with the players around him? Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But then you hit a brick wall in terms of your stylistic value. 
Today with Man United, they didn't move the ball quick enough from back to front. You saw how badly that affected Harry Maguire's game. And you can see Maguire, he wanted an extra touch, didn't he, today? Like, when the ball came to him, he's kind of looking inside and he's looking to the left and he's thinking, literally got no choices here. So what do I do? Do I have to hold it for another second so someone can find space and then I can find them? It didn't work. And it's difficult to say just as a kind of big answer. Oh yeah, Donny van der Beek's the answer today. I don't believe he was because he's not stylistically the right player to play that system. You want to play 4-3-3 or change it to being, you know, pro Ajax and put him in where he played before, then yeah, you can do it. But United don't do that. So there's no real point. I think Donny will get his chance. He just has to wait a little bit. And it might be the case that he's very close to starting, that he's really kind of on the cusp of being a starter for United. But Ole thought, no, today, Southampton, the way they play, this is not the right game to bring him in. I'm going to go with Matic because Matic knows this league. He knows Southampton. He is a bit more defensive-minded. He will protect a little bit more. But what United lost for that was ball playing. 100%, 100%. And I think, Rob, I want to address Martial. So there's a question, well, a comment here from Joe saying it's so frustrating that the fact that if Martial doesn't score early, his head drops, becomes a ghost. And then, you know, sort of a follow-up question to that from Cohen. What do we do with Martial? With Oli's history, I feel he could be moved to the bench. Now, we, we kind of touched on Martial a little bit earlier, Rob. So, you know, we did say that and we, we mentioned uh, Sancho saying how difficult it was for him to even get into the game. He wasn't getting put into the right areas, didn't have the ball in the right areas, he was coming too deep. I think there's elements of that with Martial as well. As a number nine today, it would have been a thankless job. There was no service. But Martial, for me, it's, look, he's coming out from injury. Today was a very big game for him. I think he had to show something. I don't think he showed enough for me. I think he's shown that he's behind Mason and probably Cavani in the number nine role. And I think, you know, can United rely on Martial to be leading the line? One of my issues, I think, with Martial is that I don't think he's, I don't think he played well with his back to God today, personally. But I think another issue with Martial as well is off the ball. You need, you need the person at the, at the at, you know, at the front to set the tone. I just don't think he does that. It's frustrating because I'd like him to. He's got so much talent. I'd like to see him, you know, offer something to Manchester United this season because if United do want to challenge for a title, they need Martial to be scoring goals. We saw a couple of seasons ago he was doing that, but I really do think that his days his his days could be numbered at the club, and it's just a shame because there's so much talent there, and he's it's almost like he's wasting it. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know if United got the ball to him with his back to goal. So it's not what he does well. It's like, what's the point? Like, if, if player can't do something, don't do it. You know, so I don't think it was that. For me, I looked at the formation at the start of the game and I thought to myself, what I can see happening here, if it, you know, my little dream scenario, is I would have loved to have seen Anthony go into the left channel, Mason into the right, let Bruno be a false nine. You know, I've talked about this a lot, haven't I? And then you have Pogba, Matic, and Fred in a three. Yeah, so you, you're deeper. You allow Fred to track backwards and forwards a little. Oh, sorry, not Fred, but Pogba to go backwards and forwards, be that kind of, you know, roaming eight, as we've called it before. And, and that system, to me, works. What you had was Anthony Martial playing in an isolated striker system as a 4-2-3-1, which United like to play, and not getting one decent pass to him at all. Not one ball in the channel. But the balls were way too long when they were coming to him. What's the point? It's not what he does well. So what? What? Why are we sat here thinking Anthony Martial had a bad game because he wasn't giving any service? I would look at it like this: if Anthony Martial is not putting the ball in the back of the net when Jade and Sancho is banging and popping in weeks to come, and that's what we hope. We want to see Sancho being up to fitness, up to scratch, getting the ball into the box, curving that ball inside for the striker. Then you're going to say, right, this is a problem. 
Anthony Martial's still coming back from bad injury. He's, he's had preseason minutes. He's done well in those preseason minutes. But you can see today that unless you get the other bits correct, Haydar, it doesn't work. You know, you can't take one player and say, like today, lots of people would have won Fred straight away because of his passing. But if there's no out ball for Fred and he's getting the ball in skewed areas, it's like, what are you supposed to do? So Martial came off after 60 minutes and he's thinking, I didn't get one decent ball today. Oh, well, what can I do? I'm going to go and sit down. I'm going to sit and look he, he, miserable. She got one, Rob, half decent ball when Pogba that beautiful outside the the. Uh, the Absolutely, and and and, and, and with a clinical run there, it was good. Yeah, with a yeah with a clinical number nine, like we always say this, you know, if you're a, a world class number nine, you don't need any chances in a game. You just need one, and you get the one. You're Harland, you're Harry Kane, you're whoever Lewandowski. You take one touch. You've not been in the game for 65 minutes. Bang, goal. So they're those strikers that do that. I don't think Martial is that striker, first and foremost. I think he would work in a rotation. I think you could even say that Marcus Rashford might even be ahead of him when he comes back through the middle, potentially. So we're talking about Cavani there, and you're talking about Rashford, and you're talking about Greenwood. So yes, it might be tough love for Martial. It could be a case that he's on his way out the club. But it's way too early. You know, it's, it's just his second game of the season. He's not going to solve your problems that we had today. It's not about Anthony Martial. I give him a pass today. I think to myself, well, there was one bit where the ball dropped in the box from a corner and he and Pogba were quite close and Pogba was attacking the ball. And the ball dropped in the box and Martial just didn't react. And that annoyed me more than any sequence in the game from Martial because I'm just thinking, just react swing your boot at it you're in the middle of the goal just just something you know and you know he gets called a mannequin for a reason and that's because he does kind of have these moments of freezing and and you can teach that you can train people and say you know just to kind of have that versatility in your movement is as a number nine but will he be the number nine going forward probably not but he's still going to get chances. And I think in a 4-3-3 today, I think he'd have looked quite comfortable in the channel. And if you have Bruno running on and doing that press and being a false nine, checking in and out, I think that works. But that's up to Ole. Ole has to see it work on a training pitch and say, this is a tactic I can now replicate in a game. But we didn't see that because obviously something that they're not, they're not practicing and they're not thinking about. There's a comment here, Rob, saying, surely if Martial is one-dimensional, he shouldn't lead the line in my opinion, so that I think it's it's a difficult one. I think you need to have different bits in your squad, don't you? You're not you going to have like, for example, we have Cavani. Cavani's a more traditional, likes to play off the last man. And you, you know, when you once you start getting crosses into the box for Cavani, he will score goals. Whereas yeah. Mason, Mason, beautifully, you know, sort of drifted into channel last week, allowed Bruno to. I mean, last week was last week was as perfect as it could have got for the way Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to play. And this yeah. week was probably as poor as it could have got for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And the problem is that you take one player out. And and it's sort of all falling apart, and that that's the that's the frustration, the worrying thing for me. I still think this Manchester United squad should and can challenge for a title. I really do, Rob, because I think there's quality there. But yeah. my biggest issue, and this is why I'm happy with the system. I don't think there's an issue with the system. I don't think it was no. a sy systemic issue today. The issue was a personnel issue, and the people in key areas, namely the midfield, didn't do their duties correctly today, and that just it ruined everything for United. But if if Manchester United, I mean, let's kind of you know, go towards this idea. I don't want to say, are we going to sign a midfielder or not? But if Manchester United do want to challenge, surely they do have to be looking in the market in the, in the, maybe the last what week or so we've got of the window thinking, right, we've got to get a player who can play in midfield, who can play in that double pivot, who can do a more box box. I mean, I looked at Basuma yesterday, Rob, and you saw the goal for, for Mope, the way that he he pressed and he got his foot on the ball and Mope scored the second goal. He would he would fit the sort of qualities that Oli wants in midfield. 
Manchester United have to have more options in that midfield if they want to be going deep into the Champions League and challenging or even winning a Premier League title. You're not wrong at all. But again, let's let's have the kind of dose of realism on top of this because this is what our show is about. You know, you've just signed Varane, you've just signed Sancho. That's over £100 million worth of footballer and they're going to earn around half a million pound a week between the two of them. So that is a lot of money. Now, I don't care what the Glazers spend. I've said this before. They need to spend money to invest in the team. We want to see our profits go into our football club. We don't want to see it go out into American bank accounts. So those things are all valid 100%. But again, in terms of running a business, you're looking at that. United have made that outlay on two world-class players. I'd say one is world-class, one is potentially world-class, and you're moving forward. And you're still right, Haydar. United do need another midfielder of a different type. Now, if you go and get Basuma, Basuma's stock is high. Basuma's might now cost you, like last year at the end of the season, might cost you 50 million, 45 million. Basuma might be going upwards of 60, 70, 80 million now. Now Jack Grealish has gone for the big 100. You know, all players are going to go for closer to 100 now. So that puts United in a bad place. You've almost got to find the midfielder that gives you the balance again. Like, so... I'm saying this just systemically. The issue there is that you take out McTominay. What do you do with someone coming into the team? Well, you've always got to find a midfielder that services that. So Basuma could service that, but do you service that at 75 million? I don't know. You know, so we can sit here as football fans and say, yes, go sign, go sign, because that's always what fans say. The, the answer is always the transfer market. I don't like this player. Sell them, get rid. You look to Jesse Lingard today. Jesse Lingard came on in the 85th and a half minute. What's the point? What's the point? Just like, just sell him, get sell rid of him, him yeah. And, yeah. and then have a midfielder that you could have brought on at, at half time. So this yeah. is what I said about Jesse Lingard. I've got no issue with Jesse. I think he's a really, really good player. And I think he's, you know, if he's at West Ham, Jesse Lingard's playing already, isn't he? And probably West Ham are playing better football in that first game. But he would do well in that team, in that squad system, as he did uh, in London last year. But it's not going to work for me at United. So move him on. So the issue there is wages. The issue there is what you get back on the end of a, of a dead contract, because that's where we are with Jesse. And then it's who do you bring in? United are looking at players. There's no doubt about it. It's not that there's not a secret. They are looking at Trippier. They were looking at Camavinga, even though I think that's probably gone a little bit cold. They might now look at Camavinga again and say, well, hang Neves on. as well. There's questions you know, about Neves. But, but everyone knows I love Neves. Yeah, I've written yeah, loads Neves. about Neves. And, you know, I talked before about him and about how he can help you in a deeper role as a number six progress the ball. So say we had Neves today and you had Neves and Fred and in there. Fred. Yeah. So Fred, Fred could have sat a little bit deeper, being conservative. Fred could have given the ball to Neves. Neves could have got his head up and got the ball into midfield. Yeah. But that is going to cost you 50 to 60 million quid. If you sure, don't have not that... 30, not 35 million? For I doubt it. Look, look, look. Everyone knows that when Man United come knocking, the price Extra goes 20 up. Million. Yeah, right? Yeah. So that's the way it goes. So that's United. Are used to that? That's not a problem. But you might have to go and buy a left field sign in that you go, yeah, that works. So you know what I said last week? Don't give me a defensive midfielder for 10 million quid just because United fans want a defensive midfielder because it doesn't work. It's not the way it needs to be. Buy me the right midfielder. That's what I want. So Neves, yes, please. You know, people talk about Declan Rice. I don't think Declan Rice particularly works today. He would give you energy, but does he progress the ball? Not convinced. No. I think I think he can give you leadership in that in that area as well. I think that's one of his big upticks. But, you know, for the price, 60, 70, 80 million, 
I don't know. No, thank you. But there are players on the market that can still do different things for you. So that's what Ole has to decide on. They do want a third player. They've said it. They've said they want a third player. They've been quite explicit about that. But what they've said is they've got their two primary signings and it costs a lot of money. So they're now thinking, wait. If they really want Haaland next year, and that's what we're hearing, that they want Haaland in the next win summer window, they're going to have to save the pennies up. It's just the, the fact. But that also then means that you get a day like today in Southampton, we, the, the pieces don't quite fit because you've lost Scott McTominay. And this is why I say Scott McTominay is much more important than Man United fans really, really want to say that he is. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's the absolute... Um... Yeah, I think that's a crazy thing to be honest. It's 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 a it's a mind racking thing to actually think. But Rob, well, let's let's sort of yeah. wrap up with the last word. And what I do want to say as well, you know, it is the second game of the season. That was disappointing. We saw United at their very best, playing the way that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to play, and we saw United probably at their worst today, playing yeah. you know playing the way that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does not want them to play. Um, look, I'm still positive because I've seen what we can do. But for me, it's a depth issue in the midfield, and I want to. I either want to see that get addressed in the window as we've just mentioned, or I just want to see Ole change things. If you can't play with McTominay, it just looks like as well, Lukaku's apparently just scored Rob. So that's going to be lovely on Twitter as well. And you didn't put him in your team uh, this week for FPL. But um, look, I just think that we just need to, you know, it is, it's disappointing. But I think that when you have a look at what Manchester United can do this season, I'm still positive. And uh, we just got to take the next game as it comes. Disappointing, we've got to move on and we've got to win this next game we do of course we do and that's the the beauty of the league is that there's always another game we've played badly you've got the next game coming up um but i think united fans rightfully shouldn't feel good about what they saw today we didn't see anything good today you know this is the this is the fact that you know i always say don't get too high don't get too low and i stick by that you know when this game is finished and it's gone now you let it go you let the emotion go and you go on to the next game that's how you win the Premier League. You've got to be cold. You can't rely, like you can't look at it and say we played well against Leeds and that feeds you for a week until the next game. You've just got to be cold all the way through it and be kind of balanced and all of that. So Ole needs to do that and replicate it. I do think that there might be a, a potential theory in the fact of, as you said at the start of the programme, a few players not, not being at their top form today, that there might be a little bit of a threat in there, some fear that you've got Sancho, who's going to be a starter. He's coming into the team. So players are looking over their shoulder at him. Varane and of course, well. Varane is going to walk into that back four. Varane is not going to be a rotational piece. He's coming into play. So it's going to be that. So you look at Lindelof, who was okay today. He wasn't awful. He was very Lindelof. You know, he did kind of Lindelof to, things. To, to be honest with you, Rob, and, and this is, I'm not even just saying this, Harry Maguire had his first bad game in a year. That's how yeah, good exactly. he's been last year. Yeah, Maguire and United, was worse than Lindelof today, but yeah, it was, it was poor. And once again, United are still unbeaten away from home. And it's like a weird scenario because it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that United are still unbeaten away from home. What matters was what happened in the last 90 minutes. So I think there could be a little bit of that when you're in that transition with your squad and new players are coming in. It's the first week they've all trained together. So Varane's been there. Sancho's been there. That can slightly disturb your equilibrium. But that's up to Ole to manage it, yeah? You're bringing in better players, so you want to see the team gets better, not gets disturbed. And it was disturbed today. I think you saw from back to the middle of the pitch that that didn't work. But for me, it was purely you know, observational about the central midfielder who was in there. You played a defensive midfielder in a double pivot, and it kind of ruined stuff. And, I, you know, Matic, he's been a good player. He's been a good servant for us. Finish. Excellent. 
excellent at Chelsea. It's the end. Yeah, it's the end. It's like he, he's a he's a player that you might want deeper in your squad. You know, in deep on your bench if you've got real bad injuries and you've got no choice. But he's certainly not really a rota- rotational piece in the Premier League, and the Premier League is faster than other competitions. So you're immediately making yourself disadvantaged in like five or six positions because the ball is not popping off that player. And then those players are are then stressed because they're getting the ball a little bit later. So then they're losing a second on the ball. I saw that today with United. And and I think that Ole, he's got to come up with solutions. You know, this is, if it doesn't work this season and he has better players at his disposal, people will rightfully say, what are you doing? But this is the second game. It's only the second game. Yeah, four points, four points from six. Not a disaster, but it really wasn't a good watch. It was really, it was one of those uncomfortable games where we saw it last season when United go into situations. It used to be at home, but this was an away match, obviously. But at home, they would struggle in these scenarios to to play through certain players, and it was there again today. That is really, really disappointing. But move forward get on with it and get Sancho and get Varane in this team as quick as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Rob. And look, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, we did a live show today and I hope you did enjoy that, you know, sort of popular request. And if you, I can see quite a few of you are watching on Twitter, do come over to the YouTube channel, the Football Masterclass, give it a subscribe. We'll be live every single week. We'll be also doing a fantasy football one as well. I know Rob's going to be absolutely seething that he didn't put Lukaku in a triple captain Salah, which I saw this morning, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, make sure you do hit the subscribe button. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the week and we will see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 